Hello, uh, welcome to episode 14 of Stick to Sports. This is a uh, this is a show that almost didn't happen because of what a mean, uh, uncaring person I am. I, um, I I'd forgotten that you'd done that, and now I'm, <laughs> now I'm mad again. Sure, um, I'm Ryan Lambert from Yahoo Sports. I'm Sean Dettelli from Sporting News. And the thing that I did. Um, I had been talking to both Sean and our mutual friend Dave Lozo from various sports websites uh, about something that I don't remember what it was. And I was like, okay, guys, don't text me anymore. I'm at the movies. The movie's about to start. I'm going to watch the movie. And the movie was Lights Out, which is, you know, an like an 82-minute horror film that, you know, Barely. That's always that's always a good sign. Well, so I didn't want to see it. The previews looked pretty dumb, uh, but then every review came out, and they were like, "This movie is like fun and gripping in a way that you wouldn't expect it to be, given how bad the previews were and the runtime." And I'm like, "What's the runtime on this thing?" And then I looked, and it said like 82 minutes, and I was like, "Well, at least I'm not, you know, committing a lot of my life to this movie," um, and. Right. I watched it, and it was pretty dumb, quite frankly. You know, jump scares and all that kind of stuff. Not don't, nothing to don't spoil it for people here. Just no, say I'm there not, say I, there was say there was just a, a twist ending. There, of course, there was a twist ending. Um, but I will say that the twist ending was so bananas that like you're watching it and you're like okay this is what the I, logical... I, I can tell i can tell right now that you really want to ruin this for people no i'm i really don't but like you what i'm trying to say is you watched it and you're like trying to figure out how they're narratively going to get out of the only thing that could happen in this movie to like you know have it be the ending for real and they don't do it they just do the thing that you're like, well, they're not going to You're, ta- do you're that. talking too much about it. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, so, usually, when I see a bad movie, I will immediately text Dave after. And I'll say, Dave, you won't believe how stupid this movie was, and then we'll talk about how I only see dumb movies, in his opinion. Um, like, now you see me too. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw it. It was not great. Um, but I saw it, because it was a heist movie. Anyway, so... I go to text Dave and then do not realize that I have ruined this movie for Sean Gentilly, my close personal friend. Not, and it's not even that I that – I, like I, I certainly wasn't going to – odds are I was not going to go see it in theaters. But, but if now word of, definitely not going if, to. If word, like word of mouth was starting to circulate that there was a crazy twist ending and there's like a decent chance that I would have gone, that I would have gone to see it. And yeah, Ryan just flat – Flat ruined it. And oh I was, yeah, hundred oh percent. I was, I was furious. I was furious. I we've, had, we've had this discussion I, I le- before. I legitimately felt really bad about it. We, we've we've had a discussion before. Ryan likes ruining things for people just in general, I, and it mm. has to, and it has to, you know, has to uh, stop himself from tweeting like line by line recaps of of shit within <laughs> once the the second he either sees it or 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 it airs. So his dedication to ruining stuff that people would otherwise enjoy is, 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 uh, it's documented. Yes. But the, the, the killer thing about that though, is that Lozo did it to me before Lozo ruined, um, that HBO show with, uh, and this is, is my, no, I don't uh, 
the the HBO show with with uh, what's his face with 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 Oscar Isaac. Oh yeah, he so didn't ruin it, around. but but he gave he gave the ending to it like completely against my will. Like I I had no desire to know it. I told him to not tell me, and he told me anyways. And it was it was yeah, kind see, of the same thing that's where totally different though. That's not. I mean. If like for example, if there was a movie like some theoretical like let's say you're gonna see the sixth sense, right? And you tell me, I'm gonna watch the sixth sense, and I just go, Oh, Bruce Willis is dead the whole you time. You under no certain no. There there's no qualifier. You under no circumstance should should drop in and randomly text somebody the ending to a goddamn movie. That is unacceptable. Like I'm 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 willing I'm willing to like to say that like if it's a TV show you know, you should go out of your way to avoid it, avoid spoilers for it. You should, uh, you know, you should, within a realm of, of uh, you know, within an, a few days, like you're on your own. But, but you cannot, you cannot just drop random spoilers for shit in, into text. That's that's sadistic. But again, th- this is bet- this is a thing Dave and I do all the time. I see a bad movie and I tell him all about it, and we laugh about how dumb it is. So like I did not I did not realize that I was in this group text still. I thought I was just texting Dave. In which case like he doesn't care cuz we do this all the time. Not, I'm not sure if I buy that. Why would I do it otherwise? Like I wouldn't <laughs> it does, like honestly, I know you like uh, again, we've talked about this before, but my feeling is that unless you have like a good joke or whatever about it, it's not really uh, it's not really a thing, like that. I would just do this. You Ugh. know what I mean? I'm just glad. I'll, I'll, I'm. I'll just. You know. I'll I whenever. I apologize profusely for like five <laughs> minutes, and you were still mad at me. For a I, guess, that, again, I have, I have a lower. I have a lower tolerance say. for that than I than I thought I did. Yeah, I, you were furious. You were. Legit. I was pissed. I, it yeah. was. It was at the. It was on. It was literally on on Friday afternoon. I had no. Didn't ask for any of it. The, the <laughs> thought of seeing it had at least, at least crossed my mind. But but it, it'd be disingenuous for for me to say that I was definitely going to do it. But yeah, it's good. Now now whenever Halloween rolls around, I I will have you know, you can scratch that one off the list of of, of scary movies to to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I would do it because it wasn't very good. Um, but you know. But I, right, and like if if all if all a movie has going for it is a twist ending, you know, then. Is it a movie at all? Like there, there needs to be more to it than that. So I, I, yeah, I mean, we all whatever. saw the village, right? Like, I didn't miss. Yeah, I, I, I didn't miss out on much in in that in that regard. But for God's sakes, if you would have done that with something I actually wanted to see, oh yeah, that's what you said. You my said God. The, the show wouldn't exist any. The, like this podcast would have ceased to exist. I would, I would it, definitely not. I would not have spoken to you for 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 a little bit and and had to like and had to like actually, you know, work to get over it. Yeah, yeah, I, like and I get that. I really do. But again, I w- I wouldn't do like you know if it. I I guess this is a bad example, but like if it was a super serious movie like Lincoln or Twelve Years a Slave, and there was like some surprise ending or something like that, I wouldn't be like texting anybody about. Unless, in, unless you were in a text message with Lozo in exchange, no, but again, in, in, in exchange, in exchange, text in, in sixty seconds that made you forget who you were, who you were speaking to, and then you might ruin a good movie. 
But again, like, I wouldn't do that about a good movie. Like, I don't text Dave about, ooh, I just saw, you know, what's an Oscar film? Like, I just saw um, Swiss Army Man, and here's here's the crazy thing that happens in it or whatever. Like, that's... But if, but if Dave was like, because this is what happened. Dave was like, oh, I'm not going to see it. I don't care. If, if, if Lozo said, he could have very conceivably done that with, like, whatever movie you decided to go to that day. Mm-hmm. And if it was, and if it was a movie that I wanted to see, and you ruined it for me, I, I'd have, I'd have gone ballistic. I yeah. was already angry enough over a shit movie that that ninety nine percent I I was, I was not going to see in, until it hit Redbox like in October or whatever. Yeah. And at the time, I would have said, eh, "Don't don't waste your time." If you had asked, but I, I didn't want to talk to you, so so I so I did not ask. Right. Your point is your point is well taken, and I will again publicly apologize <laughs> and the big the big takeaway from all of this is that you guys are all uh all 600 people who are going to listen to this like you almost you almost were denied that you almost were denied this this thrill in in this in this privilege because ryan was a careless shithead <laughs> put it on my tombstone that's fine <laughs> um so anyway a thing that I that I that I actually wanted to talk about on the show this week, instead of you know continuing my apology tour, uh, was mm. the upcoming uh, calamity of the Olympics in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, I, I feel like whenever we talked about this before, like we kind of framed it, uh, not not as a joke, but but the whole discussion was centered around around Zika and about that being you know, the, the main kind of mitigating factor for it. And obviously we both knew at the time that from a human rights uh, standpoint, this was going to be a disaster. But but the the bit that we spoke about it sort of focused on on uh, <laughs> on 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 people getting, you know, whatever, a fever and a rash from from, from mosquitoes down there. And it's obviously significantly worse uh, and significantly more serious than than that not to down not to downplay zika virus either but like when when you're talking about the stuff that 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 has come to light in the past and has come to light recently and will continue to come to light over the last couple weeks i mean it 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 pales in comparison yeah uh dave zirin had a uh, had a story about it where he went down there and like talked to rio's mayor uh i think it was the the nation was the publication that uh yeah that printed it it's also it's also dave zirin by the way Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Well, I apologize to him as well. As long as, you know, th- that's just going to be the theme of the episode. Obama. Yeah, exactly. Right? Am I right? Apologizing to our enemies. Um, but yeah, and the some of the stuff, like you hear about, for example, uh, oh, the water down there is really gross and, like, not safe. And then the the story was like yeah they did like a test boat race on that water and the people on the boat like got diarrhea had to have like iv bags were throwing right. up all over the place and they're like and you're like oh that's really bad and they said yeah and that like to you know keep the that context going these were just people on boats in that they were, water they were on a boat like they were, you know, they had passing contact with that water. It's, you know, several, like, tens of millions of times, like, more da- Like, it would be unsafe uh, to swim in in the U.S. several 
tens of millions of times over. Um, which is like that's mind boggling. I mean, they're gonna I, have people swimming across like ten kilometers of this water. But like it, it is. It's mind boggling in one sense, but I. Nobody should ever be surprised at the depths of corruption and oh, like no. depravity that's that that goes on with with the IOC and and with FIFA. Those right. are the two. So like, does it? Is it like part of you is like, yes, it's hard to believe that this is going to be a consequence for for people in the Olympics. But then the other part should be like, well, it is the IOC and they are the most corrupt governing body on the planet. Yeah, I sports, mean, sports are not. Yeah, I mean, what is it? They've spent twelve billion dollars, twelve billion dollars on this thing, in like one of the you know the cities with like the greatest disparity of wealth in the world, probably or one of them, maybe like Moscow or something is up there as well. Um, and yeah, it's grotesque. <laughs> it, it like you know. You're reading all about it, and it sounds like, yeah, they upgraded a lot of the infrastructure where tourists go, and meanwhile are just, like, knocking down poor people's homes and, like, murdering people in flavelas because they're, you know, slightly too dangerous to even have in the city. Yeah, and and the city itself, you know, in the last years, the police force, it's a recurring theme. The police force has been militarized to the point where... You know, in in Zyron cited in in his article, there's more than 300 people in in Rio that have been killed by police this year. Like, what what planet are we on? And it's you know, it's distressing and it's and it's sad. And uh, but like at the same time, like I think anybody anybody you should have seen this coming to to an oh, extent. Oh yeah, of course. Because this I mean, is what ha- this is what happens when the Olympics come to town. Yeah, and and, and Rio is is a uniquely uh, a uniquely kind of problematic site for that. We saw it with the World Cup. Like like people have like people who cover the World Cup in in twenty fourteen. I mean, they have horror stories, and and this is on an even grander scale than that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you hear about oh, you know, nobody in in Sochi really uses any of the Olympic venues there, and it's like, well, right, because that was just you know a fifty billion dollar giveaway to. Uh, to Russian oligarch contractor mm-hmm. companies or whatever. And, you know, the, the Rio Olympics, it's the same idea. But the I guess the difference is that, like, re, our, uh, Sochi is a, a resort town. Right. right? Nobody, nobody bulldozed poor, poor people's homes in, right. in Sochi to, yeah, to, and, to, build, to build the ice arena. Yeah, and it's, it's this, like, neoliberal dream that, like, Actually, you know, us spending all the all these billions of dollars is, is good. That was the thing the mayor kept saying is like it's actually good that we're doing this because it's going to help everybody who lives here and then you, you know, go talk to these people and they're like oh, like the people who are displaced or whatever and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, we're afraid our homes are bugged because we spoke out against this and like we don't know where any of our old neighbors ended up, and that we all, you know, we've all been kind of like forced to live in government housing, and right. And, and the mayor juke the stats to show, like, yeah, there's oh, hundreds of people said that said that the government housing and, and the other, you know, the other alternate housing options are are better than where they lived before, and that that doesn't line up either. There's plenty of people, you know, that the desire spoke to and, and cited in in his in his piece where 
you know, a politician told a lie. Can can you believe that? Yeah, That's and crazy. I mean, you know, you 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 read all the uh, all this stuff about all the corruption in Brazil in the first place, where like you know, sixty percent of the of the legislature is under corruption investigation or has already been charged in for it, right? Yeah. I mean, this is this is you know, I know we we framed it before as you know talking about Boston rising up basically and saying we don't want the Olympics and, and that's that wasn't going to happen in Rio for for a variety of reasons and and there you know because of the wealth and because of the inequality and, and because of you know the the way things are down there they were unique uniquely kind of uh susceptible to some, to something like this going down and it's and it's a shame and it's and it's a bunch of it's a bunch of people who it's a bunch it's poor people left holding the bag which is tends to be the way things shake out yeah it's 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 depressing and it'll be interesting to see over the next few weeks you know how what direction the the coverage takes because you're in a really tough situation too like if if you're there ostensibly to to, to write about sports uh, you can't ignore it but at the same time like you know the problem is so it's, overwhelming that like the, how do you even talk about it? What do you it even a, do? Yeah. You're 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 there you're there to cover you're there to cover basketball or, or or whatever like which is a reasonable a reasonable expectation. So like where where do you even start, you know? Does every everybody can't go there and you know walk through favelas and 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 you know make a difference in in that way. So yeah, it's it's a it's uh it's gonna be interesting and I, I feel bad for people that are gonna be forced to make that choice because it will happen. Yeah, I mean I know I know a couple of people who are going down there and they were saying that like, you know, the security briefing meetings they've had to sit through are insane about like just how you keep yourself not only from like getting robbed or kidnapped or murdered or whatever, but mm-hmm. also like how you just don't get insanely sick down there. And then, you know, you read all this stuff about Oh yeah, we we went through and we uh, we stress tested basically all the uh, all the facilities in like the athletes' village, and uh, it's a hellhole, and all those buildings are going to blow up the second there's more than like eight people in there. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing that you know twelve billion dollars can just like literally disappear. I stopped into the pockets of all these people. I stopped like I lost my capability to be surprised by all this sort of stuff whenever Cutter got the World Cup. That's when I was oh, like sure. that's when I was like, okay, there literally anything can go anywhere under any circumstance as long as as long as it's controlled by governing bodies like 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 FIFA or the or the IOC. Like as long as as long as there's enough money to be made via cronyism, anything at all can happen because Cutter is is a disaster and it's a couple years away but it's it's on par you know with the, with the human cost that's been paid yeah. with the construction of these facilities the fact that you know the just the, the every t- top to bottom there the the climate the the total lack of of functioning air, forget stadiums like the lack of functioning airports like everything they're going from the ground up it's completely unfit to to hold an event like that but but enough money changed hands, and there and enough people had enough to gain from it that, it, like, of course, that's that that's where it ended up. It, it's like it's like um, it, it's literally they're they're building a town in the desert to to yeah. have the World Cup. So once that happened, I I was that was when I was like, oh nope, 
it, literally anything is possible. The corruption of these organizations is it's a bound, is boundless, yeah. and and nothing should surprise anybody. Yeah, and I mean, for me, I guess I guess it was like, hey, uh, when everybody in the world had to be like, hey, Russia, are you gonna like imprison any gay person mm-hmm. that comes there? And they were like. Ah, uh, we you know we're we're gonna basically adopt don't ask don't tell. Yeah, because just don't don't be that gay. Yeah, like you just, can you can you can come just don't be super gay. Yeah, that, that that's essentially what their answer was. They were right. they were like yeah, just, as long as you keep your mouth shut. And, and then and then you know all the corporate partners like NBC and Coke or whatever like they were just like uh yeah I guess we won't mention that then like nah. how do you how do you if you're like you know, on NBC or whatever. I don't know how you go down there and just be like, you know, what's great is everything that's happened around the Olympics. Isn't that so nice? Like, if there's any, if there's any reason to be about that, honestly, if there's any reason to be optimistic about the future of all this stuff is that, you know, it really does seem like people over the last, and and the Rio Olympics were awarded however many years ago, the, 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 the 2022 world, uh, world cup was awarded in 2010 or whatever it was like over the last however many years, like people have, have wised up to what a, to what a, a scam this is and what a bad financial decision it is. And also just how, you know, how it just ruins the lives of, of people, people who live in these areas after the fact. So, you know, maybe moving forward, things are done a, a little bit differently, but you certainly can't rely on that. And 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 if it doesn't change, then this stuff is just going to get increasingly hard to stomach. Yeah, and, and Some, that's... which is crazy. Which is crazy, by the way. Like it's it's crazy to think that you know they've that that this that they've managed to outdo themselves with with regards to to the social games, but they have, and here we are. Yeah, it, it's a thing of like you know. I can't remember what the actual countries are, but the only countries left bidding on the Olympics at this point are basically like, you know, either oligarchies or like borderline authoritarian governments like Kazakhstan or whatever. And it, and China and I think Russia wants another Olympics. Yeah, they're just they're just gonna keep having them in China. Yeah, exactly. Like what? My God, what what does that say ab- about all of us who who are consuming this and part mm-hmm. of the part of the part of the process it's it's uh, it's really depressing and and uh i'd rather not think about it but you know yeah because because again I can't, like I can't you, not like you say i mean i'm going to be watching the olympics every day and like you know glad the usa is wailing on you know yeah right it's equatorial like, oh. guinea just dro- dropping 80 points on them in the first half yeah, or whatever cool. Cool. Let's like, go. Let's go watch some water polo. Let's let's forget what's happening out there yeah. and, and 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 watch you know watch uh, whoever. Christ, I just like whiffed on on, on who's going to be there for for the for the hoops team. But you know, yeah, I, I get. I don't think he's going to be there now. No, I thought he was. Did he? Oh, whatever. I I, I I lost I track. Think, I think they were just resting him for the for so many guys. These, like, so many guys. So many guys games. pulled out. So many guys pulled out that I like. Kind of just, was, uh, just wait one and guy see. who will definitely be there, even if Kevin Durant is not, is Draymond Green, and he was not very good against China the other night. Mm-hmm. So on his mind, clearly. Yeah, well, uh, slap slapping that dude in the bars on his weighing, weighing hard on him. It's true, but the good news is that even with Draymond Green playing not very well, he uh, they still won by fifty. So. Right. 
So let's just let's just focus on that and 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 forget that there's God only knows how many people who have been forced out of their homes by by uh by the event that we're watching. Yeah. Yep. Sounds sounds great. Um, you want to know the horrible truth, or do you want to see me hit some dingers? Dingers. Yeah. I mean that that's literal. I mean you know that's a obviously years old joke from The Simpsons, and it's kind of more about you know the steroid controversy and all that kind of stuff. But yep. Absolutely, that still applies, and it's just one of those perfect Simpsons jokes that, you know, it's one line, and you're like, yeah, that uh, that summed it all up pretty, yeah. pretty well, just like, you know, the, uh, the thing about when uh, Bart's Elephant Stampy <laughs> rampages through both the Republican and Democratic conventions, and you know uh, the the Republicans have a sign that says we want what's worse for everyone, and the Democrats <laughs> have a sign that says like we don't know how to govern. It's true, and it's like, yep, that all you got it, nailed it. Swish. What sucks is that, like, come August, you know, we're all going to be watching this. We're not going to have like everybody plowed through Stranger Things. Like we're <laughs> not, we're not, we we can't just say like. Hey, let's let's watch a show on Netflix and and forget that this is happening. Yeah, for sure. Did you watch Stranger Things? By the way, I did. I did. Yes. At, like after, I think I was done with it by the time the last episode came out. Like I, I'm pretty sure I started watching like after we recorded that last one. And in the interim, when we had all those tech issues, like I, in, in 24 hours or something stupid, I burned through all eight episodes. Yeah, yeah. I did the same thing. I watched them all <laughs> one day, um, and it was great. Really, really like very fun show that knew exactly what it was. Cause I, I think that's my, my main problem with a lot of like self refer or not self referential, but like genre referential stuff, you mm-hmm. know, is just the idea of like, see, we're doing this thing like from, don't you like that? You yeah. like that, right? Remember when you liked that 15 years ago? Well, now you like it again, but mm-hmm. you know, we shot it with computers this time or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of why I don't like the Black Mirror, is it's like, uh, do you remember uh, the Twilight Zone? Yeah, yeah. I I sure do. Have some more. Yeah. Uh, With Stranger Things, I feel like I was, I feel like it took me a little bit to, took me a little longer to get grabbed by it than it did by other people. Like, it took solidly until season, or season, episode three for me to, for for me to be completely locked in. Like, I I was going to watch all of it regardless, just because of the you know, for a couple of different reasons, but like there was definitely a couple episodes that, that, that took it, that took it to completely, completely hook me in. And it was once we started learning about, about uh, 11. I, I think once we got some backstory on her is when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. I, I mean, that was the thing, right? Is like, you, you know that she has all, like these weird powers or whatever to some extent because she's in this lab, mm-hmm. but the the rollout on that was so slow and it was just like Matthew Modine not saying anything like i don't he, think i don't think he had a line for the first 5 episodes he did he almost did a bad job of not of not saying anything by the way yeah, like I agree. like every time every time they showed his character and and again there there will be some level of of spoilers for for the show that follow but um every time i saw him pop up since he runs the he runs the you know 
and whatever. He's like an MK Ultra guy who 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 took the who took the next logical step to to run this kind of government program about ESP and and telekinesis and whatever. Like every time I saw him, I was like, oh yeah, that's Matthew Modine in a white wig or whatever. And he I is think not he's just old now. He's not speaking. Yeah, his his hair was very white, so I I thought maybe they played it up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like he he took me out of it whenever when whenever I'd see him. Yeah, I I wouldn't say that he took me out of it, except you know, more it was more along the lines of like, is he going to do anything at all? And then he yeah. didn't really. Didn't. Like he at, even at the end. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like there was there was he, there was you know, not a payoff for him. Yeah, he he shot all his scenes in like one day, basically. Yeah, like the two, he had no arc other than to just be like you know. The looming sort of, uh, you know, classic, classic Spielberg, you know, eighties movie, eighties kids movie style, you know, governmental agent who you know was out the, out to screw everything up. Like that was basically the the entire purpose he served. Yeah, and again, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like part of it, it's like, oh, Matt Matthew Modine, not like he's some, not that he's, you know a star anymore or, or, or whatever, but it was, he was one of two basically recognizable name actors. Right. Not to, not to discount the work of all those. Oh, Cause the guy, the guy who played Hopper, like I, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like you I, definitely I, recognize him from like a there's in and, and that the acting in it is superb and everyone does a great job, but, but like short of, short of Winona Ryder and Matthew Modine, there's nobody in it. You're like, Oh yeah, there's, there, there's, person there's like name x or name y right so see him keep showing up and do literally nothing i i was like okay and then to have that really sort of not to have to have that not change throughout the course of it was 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 interesting but you know i loved it man all i i, I did overall I, I i liked it a lot and those all those kids were just phenomenal yeah i i totally agree that like you know if even one kid like if you watch say stand by me or whatever right like if even one kid in that cast isn't good yeah the whole the whole thing falls apart right so it's so crucial to get that right and you know you've seen it a bunch of times where like one rotten kid actor ruins a thing that should have other been otherwise been pretty good and every one of these kids knocked it out of the park and there's so many and the other thing as far as like the as far as the homage uh nostalgia things concerned like there's there there are some you know, on the nose references to stuff. Like they, at one point they, like they, they should have just called 11 ET like that. They might as well just started calling her that because she was riding around on, on a bike, you know, with a group of kids, exactly, exactly like the scene in on the, on the run from government agents, exactly yeah. the scene in, in, in ET. But it just, when you thought that it was going to get too far on the nose, you know, I was 100% expecting them to fly. Like I, like I did expect yeah. those four kids on their bikes to go up in the air and like fly over to safety. And that would have gotten them something sued, co- though. <laughs> that would have like straight up been. Yeah, I mean, yeah, time. right. I, but you know, as you're watching it happen, you're like, holy shit, this is like a direct ripoff of ET. Like, yeah. like not even close. Yep. And then, and then the the close, the, you know, the, the the closing to it, they they turn it on its ear a little bit. So they do a good job of like playing with expectations, you know, and and also burying references to a lot of different stuff. And then just before you think that it that it's that it's too obvious and too on the nose, like something will happen where where it brings it back to kind of being its own thing. Yeah. Um. I did. I think the 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 main problem I had with it 
Um, and again, you're going to say I, I love spoiling things or whatever, but the weird ambiguity of like the ending. Yeah. You know, the epilogue, the two epilogue scenes. Yeah. I didn't like it. I, I hated was, it. I was like, was, no, this, was my, this should that like, be its problem. own self-contained. Thing. I don't know. I don't ever want to see another episode of that show. I just wanted it to end. I loved it, but or or I wanted it to be like to be like an anthology thing where maybe that's what I wanted. Those guys, those guys make another season that's that's wholly unrelated to to uh, to to what we saw play out in season one. But yeah, I, I was. I don't. I, I don't almost, know how much store like runway there is left for they that. They sound like they sound like that was always their plan was was right. was to do more if if they could and and now they can because everybody loves it and now they can and now they will so it'll be interesting to see what happens but yeah there's uh, God I I was I was surprised by how like pissed off the ending of it made me I, I wouldn't say I was pissed off but I was just like Ugh. yeah like oh right you didn't I didn't stick the landing like. Even no, if you I, had one one of those two endings would have yes. been like a cool, creepy way. But the fact yes. that they were like, here's all the mystery we have left to unravel. And it's like, bro, I don't want to watch another Lost where like four seasons from now I realize the show Once sucks. They, and it okay, ruins so, my early experience with it. Like, where right. like, you know, season one of Lost I thought was incredible. Um, so this is, this is, I mean, this is, this is literally spoiling the, the ending of the show. So just fast forward two minutes if... If uh, if you don't want to hear this, but oh, like, oh wait a minute, everybody, Mister No Spoiler. Yeah, I'm fine with warnings. Don't don't dump shit into text messages <laughs> or fly or fly banners that say like Bruce Willis was dead the whole time across across the sky and just ruin ruin stuff for people. No, I I was I was fine I was fine with leaving uh, Eleven's fate like kind of up in the air. Yes, like, is I she, agree. Does she exist? Where is she? how how much contact does hopper have for have with her you know i i liked that but whenever but whenever what's his face the the, the kid who got the kid the kid who got abducted I just, was it will it was will i was going to say i was going to say mike it's will whenever whenever will is standing over the the sink you know barfing up the leech or whatever the 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 piece of the of uh, of of the creature that that abducted him, like I I was like, ah. you saw yeah, it coming. That, that right? was a bit much for me. It was too much. Like that. Like like all that. All that was too much. I was I was fine. I was fine with the other, with the other big sort of twisty ending. But yeah, the the thought that the thought that that kid is like not out of the woods, uh, it 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 unsettled me. Yeah, it, it made me happy. I also didn't really care for like the monster once we saw the whole thing of it. Yeah, I think part of that was maybe a budgetary thing. Oh, sure, but like it, it was just a little too much. Like a few things we've seen in science would, fiction. Well, and even yeah, it was like that was like, is this a is this a Guillermo del Toro ripoff or is this? It was like Alien meets Guillermo del Toro, and you yeah. were just like, yeah, I guess. I mean. Well, they yeah they they use human beings as pods like like the aliens and alien and they look like the design of them is like it, it's also like alien but with a face straight out of like Pan's Labyrinth or something yeah and and I really loved how good of a job they did uh, over the first few episodes to make it like the shark in Jaws it's absolutely what it was like and and it, and you and it and I really like by the time you actually saw it. 
you know, it it did. It felt a lot like Jaws in that way because because you see it and you're like, oh, that's that's why that's why they didn't last three hours. Like because it did. It it removes it removes some of the danger. In summary, we hated it. Uh, this now is that again. This is this is one of those things because we've done this already too. We uh, where we would say we both like a thing and then yeah, like, and here's I, all the problems we had with it. But somebody somebody like what what was it about? I don't remember. So it was it was something last week. Like someone legitimately didn't know whether whether we liked something or not, and we're like, "Oh yeah, it was great. We loved it." Yeah, we sorry. Important. We just sat there spending um, minutes okay. dumping all over it. Yeah. But. So okay, let's say let's say other things we liked about it. Um, I loved Winona Ryder with all the lights in her house. That was so great of her, like freaking out and the whole thing of like nobody believes me, but like you know dramatic irony or whatever and we know that of course it's real and all that kind of stuff and some again like the early effects of the monster like coming through the wall a little bit you were just like damn this is scary as hell well absolutely i i loved i loved hopper i thought he was super compelling yeah and the same goes for winona Ryder too like there wasn't maybe a ton on the page for them to do uh but but they they sold they beyond sold every every single thing that that they had to do the kid actors were obviously phenomenal top to bottom i'll even say the kids who played the uh the young bullies i didn't really care for the older like cool kids bully group yeah but like the kids that were just like they were great he had that when when he when he came back for for that for the scene with the with uh the at the quarry yeah yeah well not even that but 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 when when he came and narked on on them on on them for what happened at the quarry i was like oh yeah 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 that, Um, that was that was really great. And again, it was like you've seen it a million times where you think the bully's defeated and then they're like, nope, we're not. Yeah. No. And I also like the – I liked – I got totally sold on young Emmy Rossum who was playing one of the older sisters and then Tuka Rask who was playing, who was playing the older brother. Like – I was totally, kid, you know what I was try, I spent like the entire series being like who does this guy who does this he looks idiot like look like looks like mainly like to rask with like a little bit of with like a little bit of young Bill Hader at times yep a hundred percent like I I totally ended up coming around on them I was like these this is the this is the weak point of the show these two but they they ended up doing a lot and I and I ended up liking. I ended up liking Ben Schwartz. I ended up liking young, young John, I, yeah, young John Ralphio. Yeah, that was extremely distracting. How despite despite how much he despite how much the you know they looked alike, like his arc his arc was good. Yep. I, I could have I could have completely done without the other two asshole his other two friends. I yeah, they, again that that was like the cartoonish like yeah. So what? We just committed hey, a little bit of arson. Hey. What's the big deal? Like okay, yeah. Like these people like, who like they just feel like there are literally no consequences in their lives, and nobody outside of like eighties movies actually exists like that. But yeah, yeah. But no, I I I love the vast majority of it, and uh, you know, like I said, I I wish that season two was just going to be completely unrelated and just more more of that, more of the tone, and more and more of the format, and more of the you know, I'd be fine with that. Another, but. by the way, another great eighties movie ish thing. Um, is the kid whose house Eleven is staying at, whose name I can't remember. Um, 
how great was his dad in like the three scenes his dad was in as like the oh, coolest yes. guy who doesn't pay attention the and token, only reads the newspaper. The token doofus father. Oh, he was super funny and he like looked the part. Like that oh, guy yeah, came they, out of a they, casting call in 1984. Like uh, that's they, where they got this guy. They put that dude in like the Steve Forbes like window pane glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Like, am- that, he that was, was, that was so perfect. funny. Oh, man. Yeah. So. Overall, even though we bitched about it for like seven or eight minutes, we both really enjoyed Stranger Things, and I'm glad we got to talk about it because it's worth talking about like in depth how good that show was. Yeah, like I said, I I, I plowed through it so fast that once people were actually listening to the episode, they were like, "Have you watched this yet?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm I done. finished it. Bro. I finished it yesterday. <laughs> like it's uh, it's it's over." Yeah, like I think I said it last week, but the reason I started watching it was I didn't feel good, and I was mm-hmm. and everybody had said like this is such a good show, and I was like, oh, "I'll watch like four episodes," and then I realized there were only eight, and I'm like, "Well, I guess I know what I'm doing for the next four hours." Yeah, like I, that, I, I watched it. I watched it until I went to sleep one night. Yep, like I that's exactly four, what I watched four episodes of it. I watched like four episodes of it from like eleven until three or whatever it was. Yeah, and ended up knocking the rest out the next night. Yeah, so watch that show, and then you can ask us questions about it or whatever you want to do, or not. I mean, you could very easily just enjoy it and then, you know, keep it to yourself. Never never talk about it again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, the last thing we wanted to do before we get to questions, speaking of those, is uh, last week we did a thing where we drafted, um, you know, f- celebrities we would want to be friends with. I won, of course, uh, but... This week we we wanted to do something a little bit different because, you know, maybe just to mix it up, I guess. Um, And I came up with the idea of why don't we talk about the five, like, greatest sports things that we have been in the building for. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, I actually, you know, I, I had to think about it a little bit, but I came up with five pretty good ones. Um, that kind of covered the spectrum of of sports and things like that, and the kind of achievements that we're talking about. I don't know about yeah. you. The uh, I, I would like to say, like, if are, are we doing five or are we doing five? Six? Yes, please. Well, you we do as many as you want. I don't care. Okay. Well, th- these are all. I'm going to preface this by saying, like, these aren't necessarily the most impressive, you know, individual performances or whatever. But these are just like the most memorable like sports related things that I've seen in my life and some some of them are from some of them are from childhood including the first one I'm going to talk about this is in no particular order for for me personally in 2001 it was right after I turned 15 my dad got we got tickets to see the penguins play the, the thrashers this is in January of 2001 and I watched Billy Tibbetts who was like the roster dirtbag at the time, and and he cert he certainly certainly was a dirtbag. He had been in trouble for for statutory rape at one point. Like oh he, my. oh he was not not a not a good guy, and we can just leave it at that. I watched him punch Darcy Hordachuk <laughs> in the face while Hordachuk was on the bench. That's and I, good. And I, and I was zeroed in on 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 the bench, and I and I watched it happen, and in that. Like that has stuck with me, you know, forever. And part of it is because Tibbetts was just such, such a memorable, a memorably scuzzy kind of guy. Like, like he was on, he was on a probation for the statutory rape thing, and then like 
something involving a BB gun, like he pretended to hold up somebody with a BB gun, like he he violated his probation and ended up getting thrown in jail. Like he was just such he was a player that just absolutely would be unrosterable now. Yeah. But in, in, in two thousand one, you know, it's it was there was enough that's recent enough to know what a what a what a dirt bag he was. But not it, it's also thankfully <laughs> thankfully uh it, you know something like that couldn't happen again but he was just such a memorable dirtbag and he completely just dead suckered Dar- Darcy Hordachuk like right in his face that's amazing yeah um i i guess i guess uh now that i'm thinking about it uh there's an honorable mention that's like it's more of just a thing that happened um in in the course of a game and it's not it was it was very impressive and i still think about it every once in a while um there was this guy on the University of Maine hockey team in uh, in the early to mid two thousands. I want to say his name was Michel Levier, and he was a very very good college hockey player that was obviously like never going to go anywhere in pro hockey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he was unbelievable at the college level, and there was there was one game where they were playing uh, my college, UMass Lowell, where Lowell was horrible and Maine was very good and it was like you know seven or eight to one Maine at one point and he had either broken his stick or lost it during a power play yeah and um he uh, uh another teammate who was like a defenseman like instead of him going back to the bench a defenseman like kind of like threw his stick at him Oh, that's or great. no, no. This is this is what happened. The defenseman like scooped up Michelle Levier's stick from the ice and like flipped it in the air to him. Wow! And he caught it like one, like exactly like you would want to hold a hockey stick. Yeah. And then the puck a magnet. With yeah, within two seconds, the puck came across and he buried a one timer. That's great. And it was like that was the most impressive thing I've ever seen in my life. Like. Oh, absolutely. The the whole the whole situation around that was unbelievable, and you know, again, Maine won to le- won like nine to two, and it was it was an unpleasant game with like that one really incredible thing that happened. Um, yeah, we can we can. I mean that that can be you know that'll be my honorable mention. It's just like kind of a random hockey thing that yeah, happened, for and sure. I've loved it like forever. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good one. Um, I I've also seen multiple. Uh, players try to like play the puck from the bench and all that kind of stuff that you occasionally see but mm-hmm. yeah um for me on the actual list of like astonishing sports feats i have seen in person um we go back to my birthday 2 years ago uh this is extremely low level college basketball university of new hampshire 61 umass lowell 32 this this game is notable uh, because you, in this game, UMass Lowell set the all-time NCAA record for lowest field goal percentage. That's a, that all time. All time. Here's what you, what do you think the lowest field goal percentage is in a single game from a team? For a team, yes. Fifteen like percent. Ooh, being very generous to the UMass oh Lowell Rocks here. Uh, they shot 12.24% from the floor. Oh, boy. Uh, they went, and this is the real, I just pulled up the box score. The real stat is they were 6 of 49 from the floor. 
Jesus. Six of 49 against a team that, by the way, at that point was five and 15. It's amazing. It like it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. The the leading, uh, the leading scorer for Lowell had had twelve points. He went two for eight from the floor. Wow, <laughs> like, that's, that's impressive. It's really really impressive. And like you're sitting there watching it, and you're going, "Wow, they can't make a goddamn shot tonight." And then you know after the game, you look at the stats, and you're like, "Oh, they went six of forty nine." Wow. including uh, O of 20 from three-point range. I think that's similar. That, that reminds me of, of a couple years ago when, uh, when I watched the Maple Leafs uh, go the third period in overtime without putting a shot against, uh, without literally without tying a shot against, against the, the Penguins. And it's totally, you know, it's, uh, it was, I think they had, you know, single digit attempts in in that whole in that whole time like it was just it was just unbelievable it was artfully artfully awful and and memorably memorably really 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 terrible yeah that's uh it's it's always interesting when you see a team be indescribably bad yeah that'll Uh, happen all right my my next one is Barbaro at the at the Preakness Ooh, in, wow. you in 2007. Yeah, man, I was there. I I went to two Preaknesses while while I was in college, uh, my sophomore and junior year, I think. And the second time I was there, yeah, I watched I watched Barbaro break his leg. <laughs> but the other that was also so like the peak of of the like porta potty running, like just total. Total lawlessness. total lawlessness in in the infield because it, and it was right whenever you know cell phone cameras were starting to proliferate so people got a better idea of what actually went on there so I didn't even know that it had happened like I didn't even realize like what was actually going on on the on the uh, on the course like I was too busy watching just literally unspeakable things happen like like I saw stuff happen there with people that I know in respect that I will literally never that I would never like. St- Stories that I would never tell in public. Yeah, like it, it was it was completely, completely horrifying, and it was it was the last time I went. Like I didn't go my senior year of college just because I was like, this is this is too much. Like this is this is too much for me. Who's yeah. who? By the way, was 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 and remains a jackass. But but also even more even more so then. Like the fact the fact that that I was like, no, I'm done. I never want to go there again. Like that shows how absurd it was, but but to to make matters worse, like yeah, that was that was whenever whenever Barbaro started down the road that ended <laughs> that eventually uh, led to his demise. No, wasn't he like killed on the track? Did no, they- no, he was not. They 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 tried. They ended up saving him, but he ended up di- he ended up dying eventually of of the injuries he sustained. But they didn't actually they didn't actually destroy him on on the track. Are you sure? Yes, I'm 100% sure. Okay. Because by the time he died, I was interning at USA Today Sports and and had to like deal with it was like months later and and I had okay. to deal with like I had to deal with like <laughs> I had to deal with like the 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 Barbaro remembered stuff. Horse obituaries. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um speaking of uh seeing really horrific things, uh I I once went to a uh, a Boston Bruins game where they beat the Calgary Flames nine to nothing. <laughs> Jesus, um, That's impressive. 
Yeah, it. I mean, and granted, this is like. Uh, let me pull up the box score here. This is 2012, so this is still the Bruins, like, you know, within a year of winning the Stanley Cup, and the Calgary Flames really like finally getting to the end of that whole like. Oh, is this your choice? Is this your choice, by the way? Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, this this is my choice for the fourth most impressive thing I've ever I've ever seen. Um, is just how badly the Bruins kicked the absolute shit out of the Calgary Flames. Um, it was it was really really ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I went with a friend of mine, and you know, again, the Bruins are very good, and I and the Flames are really bad at this point. And I and I said to my friend, I'm like, you know, I bet the Bruins score like a buck fifteen into this game. Tyler Sagan scored the first goal of the game at a buck fourteen. Mm-hmm. And it got worse from there. And I was like, yeah, this is, it's going to be a long night. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they scored three goals in the first, 849, four more in the second period, and then two more in the third. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I went to the game was because uh, Jerome McGinley at the time was sitting on 499 goals. Yeah, I, I do I do remember when that when that happened. Not not to say that. And uh, he missed a wide open net with like 17 seconds left. Yeah. And I was like, well, this game oh, well. is just like wholly disappointing in terms of it it wasn't close. I mean, the Bruins scored twice in the first 3 minutes and change. So right. it was like, okay, there's no way this game's going to end up even remotely close. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Bruins outshot Calgary, it looks like, 41 to 25. Jesus. So, like, there, it was it was ugly from start to finish. Um, and this I, is this that was also the game where Chris Butler, I don't know if you remember Chris Butler. Yeah. Chris Butler finished a minus seven, and I want to say was in the penalty box for one of the other goals. Oh, that's great. That was uh, in that same in that same kind of vein. What was it? It was it was. I know it was Brett Lebda. Oh, Brett Lebda finished minus three in a game. His team was, won six to three. I want to say, which is which was that's remains, incredible. That remains one of my favorite things of all time. But I I, I didn't actually I didn't actually witness that. Yeah, but yeah I, I was watching good. that game on TV when it happened because it was like a Sunday afternoon Maple Leafs game. It's amazing. Um, um but yeah. All right, so we're on number four. Yes. My number four is the 1997 NBA Slam Dunk Contest, which is when Kobe Kobe won. He went through the legs. Yeah. It was awesome. I was 11 or whatever, had Kobe's shoes, like was a huge at, at the time, which were, he, had, he had an Adidas deal at the time, obviously. He was my guy. And to, and this goes, this is true of all like all-star events, by the way. These are, they're 100% geared towards, and they should be, geared towards children in the audience like yes, it's absolutely. it is so it, you just hope that like memorable stuff happens for a kid and it did like that's that's stuck with me forever like that's still one of the coolest things like i i, I watched my guy win a win it win a dunk contest and also in that same dunk contest michael finley who was playing for the mavs at the time he tried to do he threw the ball up in the air and tried to do a cartwheel while it was in the air and did like a terrible, terrible like just it was like he fell over basically, and I think he blew, I think he blew the dunk too. But, well, sure, I mean at that yeah point. to be to be an eleven year because I I also saw some cool like I I I remember I went to the home run derby in nineteen ninety four for for the all star game and you know Ken Griffey Jr. won that was great and I watched like Frank Thomas hit one you know seven hundred feet or whatever it was into the upper deck get through every stadium so like all that sort of stuff 
you know, th that's just always what I come back to when we talk about all-star games is like, it's totally just meant for, it's meant for 10 year olds or eight year olds yeah. who, who are in the audience who or who, who are in the, in the fan, in the stands who, you know, get to see something cool. Cause it will stick with you. And that to date, and I've seen some cool stuff too, but that's like always, that always comes to mind in terms of just the most memorably, memorably awesome stuff and meaningful stuff that, that, that I've seen. Speaking of which, did you see the DeMar DeRozan almost 360 dunk? Almost had it. Oh. It was an international incident, man. He does that on China. My God. Yeah. I mean, the, here's how impressive that was. They showed the replay of a failed dunk like seven times. They oh, God. Like, it, it was incredible. everywhere. It was everywhere today. It was, it was like, you know, way up on – it was on Facebook trending like all day long. Like yeah. we got traffic just out of a post of, of the Vine of it or whatever. Yeah. And part of that's because of the time of year that we're in because nothing's sure. going on. But, sure. But that, that was – you know my my buddy uh, Deontay Prince, who used to used to work for Sporting News, now works for Sports Illustrated. You know, huge huge basketball guy, and he said that it was the best missed in game dunk he could ever remember watching. With with LeBron's miss, maybe even coming in, you know, the the missing game seven, yeah. maybe clocking in behind it. I mean, it, it was it was crazy. Yeah, I, I think even LeBron like tweeted while he was watching that game, like if he had made that, it would have been like a top five dunk in NBA history. Oh yeah, and like and I said, I totally agree. Not that it was an NBA game, obviously. But when 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 Trump gets elected president, that's the kind of stuff we're gonna end up going to war over. Seriously, <laughs> I hope so. Let's go. Let's 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 hope for all of that to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um. Speaking speaking of the Bruins, for my number three, I I went to three straight Bruins home games in which they were shut out. Again, this is like you know four or five years ago, so they're really good. And I pulled up the box scores. The shots on goal that the Bruins had in these three straight games that I went to, uh, 42 in a shutout by Henrik Lundqvist, um, 37 in a shutout by Cam Ward, and 40 in a shutout by Jose Theodore. It's amazing. And that, you know, obviously th those were in the space of like a year and a half or something like that. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't go to Bruins games super often and I just happen to get tickets for three straight games where they shut up, they shut the, they got shut out and put up a ludicrous number of shots. I mean, that's almost 120 that they, that they didn't score on, um, in game. It's funny. You must've really, you must've been really sad since your favorite team's the Bruins. I love that. Well, and then in that same stretch, the other game I went to was the nine, nothing game. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it was a good, it was a good, good year for you. Yeah, I mean that it was over two seasons. Looking at what the box scores say, I I would have guessed that they were all the same year, but um, yeah, from two thousand ten eleven to eleven twelve, um, I just happened to see like <laughs> four insane results. That's um, great. And you know the 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 one against the the one against the Rangers, they lost three nothing, and they didn't score on forty two shots. And um, th that one stands out as the most memorable for a few reasons. One, it was on Valentine's Day, and I and I wonder if you can guess what my girlfriend at the time thought about me going to a Bruins game on Valentine's Day. Thrilled. Uh, yeah, no, she was super psyched about it. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> the the really memorable part of that game for me was the let's say 40-year-old, like, dirtbags from Malden or whatever who were sitting <laughs> directly behind me and who got mega hammered before the game 
And choose the way it works. Yeah, uh, like, but like, I'm talking. This is a Thursday night game. They were insanely drunk in the first period, nice. and they're literally screaming because this is this is 2012. People have had iPhones for quite a while at this point, right? And these guys are like making fun of their friend for having an iPhone, and one of them is like, "He's got a fucking smartphone. It's more like <laughs> a gay phone." <laughs> <laughs> that's that that see that you, you have me with that that's the best part i will never that a smartphone is a gay phone because of because of those people who are, they're talking about uh actually the, the, okay so another thing uh, another hockey game that i went to this was when i was younger but this made me think of it um a guy a, another drunk guy behind me with the with his buddy uh, he was talking about, he he's like, dude, I'm, I'm really horny. I'm going to go home and give my wife the oak tonight. Wow. And I was like, give her the oak is, is yeah, a man. term I have not heard before, but that, you know what? That's crazy. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, man. That's, that's kind of stuff that happens when you grow up in places like, you know, Boston and Pittsburgh and, you know, Philly and whatever. You're going to, you're going to hear some, you're going to hear some shit. God, God knows, man. I, I, I got to. I got a terrible, terrible education going to going oh, to yeah. various Pittsburgh sporting events. Oh is yes. It? All right, so so my number three is um, is the Madison Bumgarner uh, wild card game performance where he pitched the Giants past the past the Pirates. It was like a four hitter complete game. It's like one of the better one of the better pitching performances I've I've ever seen. But most importantly, I a- after the game because I was there for work. After the game, I took the photos of Madison Bumgarner, like stone cold Steve Austining three beers at once, and it it was like it was like a series of four basically, where I I had him open up the beers and then I had him raise the beers and then I had him dumping the beers like all over his face and it was all over the it was all over the place. I, th- I think CNN asked me to use it. Like it it was it was crazy. And it and it's still like but between between the actual greatness of the performance on the field, and then you know just taking he he got a fair amount in his mouth too. It was impressive. So my God, to 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 drink three beers at once after something like that, I, that was uh, he earned it, man. Special, yeah. I do. I'm gonna. I do that after every show, actually. But sure. I, I don't. Another I don't job have, well done. Way three to go, Michelob lights. <laughs> Mick Ultras, bro. <laughs> Um, for my number two, uh, I saw Brian. G- I once saw Brian Gianto when he was in college score five goals in a single period. Wow! Yes, it was the first period of a game against Maine in two thousand one. I want to say two th- like the two thousand two thousand one season. I think it was his last year in BC. And uh, yeah, you said that young man is going to be captain of the Montreal Canadiens one one year. <laughs> Well, I mean, he was, I want to say he was undrafted, maybe. Mm-hmm. And and everybody was like, you know, because he was like five foot three. I remember like the first time I, I stood next to him, I was like 13 or 14 because I had won like some kind of a promotion to go on the ice and like shoot the puck into the net or something. And he walked by me like in the big line of BC players going back to their dressing room. And as like, as a 14 year old, he was like yeah. as tall as me on skates. Yeah. And like, yeah, I get, and I was I like, can okay, do it. yeah, well, great. <laughs> I can do it. Um, 
but yeah, so like Gianta was an incredible college hockey player all four years he was at BC. He was just unbelievable. But yeah, he, uh, if I, re- I remember, he, you know, the, I think that he had a natural hat trick. Uh, <laughs> you would figure. Well, no, but like, I, I think he opened the scoring and that like scored all three of BC's first three goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it was a natural hat trick of five on five power play shorthanded. That's impressive. Um, and then he scored two more times in the period. He could have uh, done Lem- he, could, he should have been able to do Lem- the Lemieux. It's a shame yeah, he didn't get chances I, like I an empty net or two. I don't think he drew a, a penalty shot at any point in this game. <laughs> um, you, know, you might you might have missed one. Yeah, it, it's it's entirely possible. But yeah, so that that was that was insane, and especially because I want to say uh, that was right before like Maine won a national title like the next year so this was like mm-hmm. no slouch team that it, that he punked out like he punked out one of the best teams in college hockey and he like mm-hmm. humiliated them it was insane <laughs> brian gianta yep i also saw later on i saw his brother steven who's currently in the nhl uh i feel like he had a shorthanded hat trick and two of the goals were at five on three or three like, on five, I guess. That, I'd say. I, I guess as I really don't know much about college hockey, like it sure. just wasn't just wasn't my thing, and remains not my thing. But yeah. like, yeah, that seems even. It seems like you're maybe more prone to see that that sort of stuff. But I mean, that's next level. Yeah, I next mean, level silliness. I don't think it's an NCAA record five goals in a single period because I mean, like you know, back when college hockey, like Minnesota had, you know. Two, two or three NHL first-round picks on a team that was playing, like, you know, Bemidji Just, State or whatever. Right. I, I would imagine, like, one of those guys scored six goals in a game or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I'm ever going to see a single-game performance like that again. No, I'm, I can't imagine it. And number two, this is... This is uh... This is only tangentially a sports performance, but it's a performance by by a, by an athlete that I witnessed. J.R. Smith's performance at the 2016 <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers victory parade. <laughs> I was there for I was there for all of it. I saw him. I saw him. Uh, you know, just stand up in front of a crowded park garage like he was. You know, whatever. Like it was Maximus from Gladiator. Whatever. Didn't have a shirt on the the entire time. The the Cavs could not, you know, the Cleveland screwed the pooch on on security for for the for the parade, so they had to just kind of crawl through the, you know, they just had to crawl through the crowd. There were no barriers, right? So so the, so these cars are going like literally a mile and a half an hour, and the the entire time, the entire like three hour trek that 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 it took from the Cavs to get to the starting point to that big public park in Cleveland, like. Just, J.R. Smith was standing on top, like on the roof of an SUV, with a shirt off for for the entire time, and it, like there, it had to be because J.R. Smith is just he's a Hall of Fame, just cartoon you know, character, cra- crazy person, yeah. yeah, just just in general, um, yeah. So to so to see that, to see the crowning achievement for for that dude's for that dude's uh, you know time is one of the most memorable, one of the most memorable crazy people of of our time, of of our era. Yeah, man, I yeah. It's probably it's probably not a valid choice, but I don't give a shit. He, he deserved to be on the list. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. That's I mean, that's crazy. Um, he he was like, 
in a memorable parade anyway, mm-hmm. he was by far the most memorable. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I went to a couple of the, like, uh, I went to the Bruin Stanley Cup parade. I went to the uh, to the Red Sox 2004 World Series parade and, like, nothing interesting happened. And I feel no, like that's most good. victory parade. Oh, it is. I, uh, I was at the Pe- I was at the Penguins the week before that. It couldn't have been more boring. But yeah. you throw J.R. Smith in the mix, man. Stuff stuff's gonna happen. All right. Um, my number one, like this, is an unparalleled sports achievement. That like I can't imagine anything I'll ever see is going to surpass it. Like I could totally see a scenario where like somebody matches Brian Gionta's five goals in a in a single period. Like, it's po- I don't think it's particularly probable, but it's possible. I, w- I will, however, never see an equivalent of a, the equivalent of a 35-year-old Benji Molina hitting for the cycle. It's, I, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen anybody hit, hit for the cycle. Yeah, no, I, 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 this was definitely the first time I had ever seen that. And for it to I, and be, again, this, this comes from somebody who's literally been to like hundreds and hundreds of baseball, MLB games like over, over the course of his life. Like I, I don't think I've ever witnessed it, let alone by a guy like that. Yeah, so... Which means that Benji Molina hit a triple. Yeah, so um, it, I, I, I can't remember if he led off with uh, the home run, but the home run, We've by the way... talked about this on the podcast, by yeah. the way. Okay, yeah, I know, but like... He led off with a grand slam. Like it's amazing. Okay, there you go. That that's just a start, right? Or maybe he didn't lead off. I can't remember now. But anyway, the home run was a grand slam. But I want to say the last hit was a triple because he ca- he came up to the plate, and I jokingly said to my friend, like, you know, he's only a triple away from the cycle. And then he Here hit triple. Then he hit the goddamn triple, <laughs> and I lost my mind. Yeah, that's and by awesome. the way, like they immediately pulled, like they didn't even let him stay on third. They immediately pulled him out of the game because they they needed to like get an IV in him or something. But oh, yeah, <laughs> they took they took him out back and you know. Yeah, again, this is Benji Molina, and you know he retired three months later. Oh, n- notoriously, one of one of the slowest baseball players in in recent history. Right, yeah. and but this is him at thirty. At the end of his career, <laughs> like. His knees are completely gone, and I saw this dude leg out a triple after hitting a grand slam, a single, and a double. It's incredible. Like it's never going to be topped in terms of, you know, just completely improbable. Yeah, like yeah. That's, that's that's something that's that nothing like that is ever going to happen again. Hold on, like, let me... like it, nobody like that is going to hit a triple again. Not, let, let not alone, that I'm going to see. Let alone, let alone have it be part of. No, like that's never going to happen. Like a thirty-five-year-old fat catcher, and not just that. Like, like regardless of how old he was or, or how fat he was, even though he was old and fat, like that that dude and was slow was, to begin with. Was yeah. specifically very, very, very slow. Yeah, one of only six triples he hit in his entire career. I'm surprised he had that many. I mean, he played long enough where, like, he could you could you know accumulate, I, I guess, a handful of them. But but I'm I'm surprised he had that many at all. All but two of them were after his thirtieth birthday. Interestingly enough, hmm. but yeah, I mean, that's I, I I don't know what your number one is, but I can't imagine it being topped. It's Mick Foley getting thrown through the Hell in the Cell at 1998 SummerSlam. You know, uh, that that's probably gonna be close. Yep. 
that's pretty great. That's wow. another one, man. That's like in the that that's in the Barbaro category of like it's it's hard to believe that I was even that I was even there. Yeah, for sure. Poor um, poor, poor Stone Cold and Kane, the the first blood match that actually closed that actually closed the event. That's been completely completely forgotten about because neither of them were you know choke slammed through it through a cell onto onto thumbtacks oh you know what i was thinking about uh the the one where he got thrown off the top of the hell in a cell onto the announce table it was a it was a king in the ring by the way it was not not SummerSlam. SummerSlam in pittsburgh was a couple years before that it was that 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 happened that happened you're thinking of the same thing. It happened to him twice. Oh, that's right. Because he the went chair, off the top like, of the hell bounced the... off his face after he got. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He went. He he went. He went through the through the announcers table first, and then came back and got choke slammed through the through right. the yes. on onto the onto the thumbtacks, which was part of the plan. But it all it like it was all planned. But it but the yeah. falls gone so badly that you know he was just destroyed by them. Yes. Um. Yeah. I mean that. That's like one of the iconic moments in wrestling history. I there's nothing like I'm never going to see anything in person that that comes half as close to being like such a pop culture like touchstone as yeah. is that. Because because like there had been Hell in a Cell matches before. I want to say at least mm-hmm. at Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker in the first like the Hell in a Cell in your house was the first one. Mm-hmm. And that and that had a couple of like insane spots or whatever, but nothing even came close to that. Nothing even like remotely approached Mick Foley getting thrown off the top of the cage and then doing it again. No, um, and, no, and in- this is an era where Mick Foley was doing like insane stuff all the time, like taking chair shots to the head from the Rock while his hands are like tied behind his back and all that kind of stuff. Right. This is this is you know this is obviously he was mankind at the time, and this is after he completely ditched like the boiler room dweller, right. you know, fake like schizophrenic thing that he had going on. It was just like a goofy dude in a mask with, you know, Mr. Sacco and all that, all, all that stuff. Like he had fully transitioned into being like, just completely like likable and funny. And, yeah. And, um, he, he, he was, in a way he was from wearing being, the like, shirt and tie as opposed exactly, to like the, exactly, the vest. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, he wasn't, you know, sitting in a corner pulling out his hair anymore. It was right. like full on, like just funny goofball you know, hardcore legend like McFoley at that point. Yeah, even, I re- though, even though he was, even though he was mankind, like it, it was, it was all the the McFoley reality had bled into it significantly, yeah, and it made it better. Yeah, I mean, th- th- I watched that on TV, like on pay per view, obviously, and like all I remember from that is you know somebody stopped the damn match, and then Jerry Lawler being like, "Oh yeah, he he, he that's it, he's dead," like. Just yeah, Lawler, of like, Lawler, like, like Lawler stopped. Flatly. Lawler stopped talking. Like, yeah. like he didn't. Like he went silent because, it, you know, and we, you know, not watching the pay per view. Like, I think everybody by that point fully grasping, you know, the, the nature of wrestling. Like every everyone still thought that it was something completely unplanned and, and horrible that that it happened. And, and and you could sense like when he came back out that like that probably wasn't that wasn't a stage thing. He wasn't gonna get thrown off he wasn't gonna get thrown off the cell and then and then cart it off and come and come back. Like he he did that on his own. And, oh I I don't think I don't think that's true. I think um you know 
it's a long way to fall being thrown off the hell in a cell at, and you know obviously like we saw Shane McMahon do it at WrestleMania this oh, year. Oh no, I I, th- I thought the the fall went badly enough and he had, he had his right. teeth knocked out, like knocked out of his nose like he was just destroyed. Like the like No, th- that was that fall was, was the... bad enough to alter the plan. No, that's that's what I that's what I'm saying is like I think they always like, you know, they had him get up off the stretcher and all that kind of stuff to heighten the tension because the um the cage was obviously designed to give way for the choke slam. Um, right. And, and, right. and was... so was the ring. So like that was, you know, maybe, maybe they had thought to like abandon that spot once, you know, the fall went that badly, but I mean, I don't know the fact, the fact that he but went that back doesn't, and did that doesn't it mean it wasn't, it wasn't planned. I mean, obviously it was planned originally, like clearly right. like, you don't, but they, the, I guess what I'm saying is like, they went on with the script of the match, even though so much of it had gone sideways. On yeah. Him sure um i mean i've i've been to memorable wrestling things like i was at the 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 1994 like fake undertaker casket match against yokozuna oh yeah um i was at uh a couple of that's a great that that's a great one that yeah the 94 royal rumbles it was a one of the more memorable like actual royal rumbles too Mm -hmm. um but yeah, so I I was at the the raw where it was revealed that Vince McMahon was like it was me Austin it was me all along. Oh, you were there? Yeah. Oh, that is great. Yeah, that That's was great. That was like July, I want to say that was like middle of July in like ninety seven or ninety eight or ninety nine. I was definitely in high school, but like I wasn't in school at the time. It's me, Austin. It was me all along. Yeah, it like, was me all along. The and I remember I like you know I was. I had been like reading wrestling message boards and all that stuff for, for a while now at that point. And, and I turned to my friend and I'm like, I bet that's Vince McMahon. And then it was, and when was that, I, I thought that was maybe after. Cause I, I, I feel like, cause that was like with the ministry of darkness yes. stuff. I feel like I maybe lost interest in that, in it. Like, <laughs> like not long after that. Yeah. Let's see. It was me, Austin, uh, June, June 7th, 1999. Yeah, that's that sounds about right because I, I I sort of like fell out with it for for a while. It wasn't it wasn't directly related to that, but like because I because I remember watching that. Yeah, vividly. But yeah, I I took a break not not long after that. Yeah, so uh, I'm now starting to get back into wrestling. Uh, I'm I'm going to a pay per view in October. It's gonna be very weird, but I'm I'm like looking forward to it. Welcome welcome to Twitter. Here's your copy of the Communist Manifesto and your season pass to WWE for some reason. Yep, I, I that's, one, that's one of the best. One of the best. One of my favorite tweets of all time. I don't even know who who's, who's it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It's, it's true. But yeah. Um, okay, we have we have time for one listener question. How do you feel about that? That's fine. Okay. Um, actually, two. Real real quick though, because the first one is like three, kind of a, three, two, four. It's, it's two. Uh, the first one's kind of a yes or no, like either or question. The, the, the scenario is this, you have 20 attempts to make a shot from half court at a basketball game. If you make one, you get $20 million. But if you miss all 20, you have to go to jail for 20 years. Do you take that chance? I, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I I will I will say this I I can say that I I do believe that I I have a pretty good shot of making one of them. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if I would. 
I'm not. I don't know that I'm confident enough, 100% in it, to say that I would risk 20 years in prison either. I'll 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 up the ante a little bit and say you had like you find out and you have a month to prepare. No, I, I I've I'm in that in that scenario like yeah I'm I'm very close to saying yes like I wow. I've made I've made half court shots before like it's it's not you know it's not like it. It doesn't take like all the skill in the world or or anything, obviously. Right? No, so I, it, it certainly doesn't. But I'm going to say this: no. I'm not confident that I could make twenty, like one out of twenty three pointers. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one a hard pass for my own self. Yeah, I would have to think long and hard about it. If it, if I had time, if you gave me a month to practice, I feel like at the end of the month I could I would say definitively like yes, I can do this and I will do it, or or no, I don't want to go to jail. Yeah, I'm like I'm right on the borderline with saying yes to that. Wow, that that to me is shocking. I I would never in a million years do. I that. I wouldn't if if I'd have come in cold. I I I can say this. If I if I came in cold, I would I would not I would end up chickening out and and not doing it. Like I I would not I would not risk like, uh you know not like very very rarely hooping at this point. Like I would uh I would not I would not risk that but uh, but if i had a month to prepare like yeah i, I would probably i there's a real chance i would give it a try wow that's wild to me all right and then the other question again this is a quick one you're you're on a hike in the woods and you have a gun with you and you encounter bigfoot do you shoot bigfoot to prove to everybody that he's real or do you let him go and let people uh go on oh believing God. what holy shit yeah that is great. That yep. go, that like goes back. That goes back to like kind of what we were talking about last week with TB Cooper too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, I think I would shoot him. Really? I think Whoa! I would. This is a controversial stance. I would not. I would absolutely not shoot him. Um, but I would like. And I would never. Oh man, I'm really life. on the fence with that. I though, would never man. be one of these guys who like devotes his life to to like trying to prove Bigfoot's real or that kind of thing. I would I you know, I might tell a few people, but like I wouldn't go on Twitter and be like just saw Bigfoot. Like No, 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 no. I, it would it would either be all in or all out. Like I would ne- I would never I would basically either not tell anybody or or I would shoot him and try to get rich off it. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of you would get rich if you were the guy who murdered Bigfoot. <laughs> Um, well, if there's one Bigfoot, then there's lots of Bigfoot. See, that's big what feet. I was. That's what I was gonna say too. Is like if I encounter more than one Bigfoot, you know, there's a pretty good chance I'd probably shoot one, just to be like. And by the way, I saw like three of them, and here's and yeah. here's like the baby one or if whatever. If I knew, if I knew that I that I could get, and I know this isn't the original question because the original question was supposed to be really hard, and it is. That's 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 amazing. It's insanely hard. Uh but if I knew that I could make like a couple million dollars off it, I, I would, I would, I would do it. But but if there if there were no if there were no <laughs> if you money were just in doing it, it for the love of the game, if there were no money in it, like if I, <laughs> I would sh- like I, it would be great. Just like shoot Bigfoot, shoot Bigfoot, and then ask questions later. Like shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah. Re- re- rest in peace, cryptozoologist. Uh, Right. Uh, Gary Gary Marshall, by the way. Yes, absolutely. Uh, like, oh man, if I knew if I knew I could make like legit money off it, like I wouldn't do it for like ten grand or anything. 
But but if it were a lot of money, okay. How about this? I definitely would. You don't really make like you don't make a lot of money off it, but like you know you make enough to like that being the guy who shot Bigfoot is your thing for a few years, and you make the rounds on all the talk shows, and you have a book deal and all that kind. of I don't stuff. know how you would monetize it. That's my question. But that nope. that's what I'm saying. Maybe you don't even monetize it that much. But like I do it you for like are, probably five. I do it for probably like five hundred grand. Five hundred grand is your is your cutoff. See, because yeah. like I don't. Like, I would just want to be, you know, like, they put Bigfoot in a natural history museum, and they're like, you know, I, I don't think they would say, like, killed by Ryan Lambert or whatever. I don't, but I like, don't care about that. I, I, I don't oh, need, see, I like, don't that's, need to be... that's the bigger draw for me, honestly. Like, the idea that I'd get rich off it, you know... No, no, no. I mean, like, obviously, you'd be known as the guy who killed Bigfoot, but like, yeah. I don't need them to. I don't need them to like stuff Bigfoot and hang my and hang a plaque under underneath him that says like, "Shot by Sean Gentile." Oh, I, I would want him in the, in the American Museum of Natural History for sure. Um, like that. Right. Would, that but would I don't, 100% I don't know if I need. Move. I don't know if I need uh, recognition there. Yeah. No, per- I I see what you're saying. Like, you know, the the guy who shot the the passenger pigeons that are in the uh in the american museum of natural history it doesn't say it doesn't say like yeah like you don't have specific people name people's names like under under any natural history exhibits right right (sighs) this is is a tough one for me but i'm gonna say i'm gonna say that i would not do it though if there there were no money in it i would not do it (laughs) I would just let people continue to not to not be sure one way or the other, but like, if I knew going into it that it, that that I'd make like you know enough money to pay off student loans and like buy a house, that's like exactly I, what it is. You you get a book deal out of it. You're you basically become like uh, let's say the lone survivor guy, where like that's what he is. He's the lone survivor guy, and they made a movie out of it, and he had the book and all that kind of stuff. And like you get all that, but I don't know what that what kind of money that guy's pulling. Oh my god! But you'd you'd also be that person who killed Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you, there would be some blowback there would on be, that for oh, sure. There absolutely for would. Sure, like Jimmy Fallon. I I think Jimmy Fallon would have you on the show, but like you wouldn't play drunk Plinko or whatever. Yeah, on his on his show for children. Yeah, it, I hate children, play but children. that's another. Yeah. No, I. Oh my God, that's. I'm. I'm gonna think about this maybe for the rest of my life. <laughs> and also because like, it's great too because like this is something that has like mathematical zero percent chance of happening. Right. Because because the less likely part of this scenario is me like walking around in the woods with a gun. Like that's sure. that's guaranteed. That's not ever gonna happen. Right. That's even less likely than like numerically than than Bigfoot existing. Yeah, I mean, for me, if if I if I had the choice, um, I would rather catch the Loch Ness monster than Bigfoot. Quite frankly, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it it it's a it's God, a I'm, real. I'm never I'm never going to stop thinking about this. This is this is unbelievable. Uh, yeah, for sure. <sighs> I don't think there's a wrong answer. You either you either uh, fix a bunch of problems with some money, or or uh, or let a let a magical beast continue to live his life, you know, as he as he wishes. Yep. 
it's it's a real tough one. Um, Bigfoot, by the way, Bigfoot dinosaur. Yes. No, he's he's not a dinosaur. By the way, I just looked it up, and the lone survivor is worth one point five million dollars. I think, man. According to CelebrityNetWorth.com. If I do that, oh my god, I'm like in agonize over this. I'm I'm just I'm just gonna sit here and like obsess. I I, I could sit here and go back and forth for forty five more minutes, but <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap up the show because it's starting to get pretty long. So uh, you you can you can start like. You know, putting together your cork board with the strings connecting push pins and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I think what's, I think what this has made me to do is I'm now. You're a Bigfoot hunter n- now. I'm now determined to find and kill Bigfoot. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Well, that's the show for this week. Let's have more questions like that in the future because we really that enjoyed is, that's, them. That's phenomenal. Both I, of those I, questions, the best we've ever received. One and two for sure. That's why, that's why when I said we're only going to do one question, I looked down and was like, ooh, no, we have to do two. Yeah, that's pretty. That's and pretty all the complaining you did, look what happens. If you knew, if you knew what I was going through right now in in on the attic of of my of my place, you would. I understand it is extremely hot in here as well, but like I said, we that one needed to be answered, and I'm glad to see that you agree. Yes, I agree. Okay, well that's it for us, folks. Have a good right. week. Goodbye for. I know. Hours.